days ago, October 31st, which we celebrate, that marked what people traditionally uh, would call the start of the Reformation. That was the day when Martin Luther, in England, I think it was the Assembly Forum, uh, nailed his 95 theses to his door there in Wittenberg, Germany. Christopher Schoeffel authored a book that commemorates uh, that day. I want to make a few connections between that old slow spiritual movement of Rome and our Catholic services today. At times I think that can seem like an insufficient address that this movement of Christians uses you and I even to this day. I'll give a few examples. Just out of our passage this morning, we're going to see some confidence that comes only from Jesus Christ. Not from some earthly priest. Not from some me doing my job really well, uh, not from any other person, not from Mary, the mother of Jesus. You'll read about how this happens in Scripture, how we can know that what Jesus has done for us is enough, and we don't have to worry about the music that day or how much or how getting out of this service. We can have the absolute belief that everyone who comes is sort of assurance is not normally taught prior to Luther. The Catholic Church at the time taught that adherence came from certain religious practices, all of which assumed that your local priest performing the rituals perfectly on the Sabbath was indeed right. What's more, the religion of the time was one where you and I wouldn't be reading the Bible probably would not own a Bible at all. Uh, and in fact, if you downloaded it on your smartphone, it wouldn't even be worth finding. Instead, even the words of the church service would be spoken in Latin, a language that the vast majority of the people could understand or understood. Uh, by the way, it wasn't until the Vatican II reform of the Catholic Church that it now heard to some people in the church more like 500 ago, but that it matters for us It is because of this movement from the Lord that we devote such a large portion of our time in each service to studying what God's Word actually teaches. To hearing 
it was to read the Word of God in its entirety. Isn't that great? That we and I have that what I say is personally beneficial in the in the evangelical preaching side of it. And and preach that because it's the record of what God has done in our life, then it comes into meaning. And that's why the word Sabbath has become so popular back in the day. And or the Christianity, the language of people that would say that the Sabbath is meant to be preached on the Sabbath. Do you know anything about the history of the Sabbath and what it was supposed to mean? There are at a time when even the smallest of, of, of churches, the smallest towns of Israel in were blessed. And so it was for the reformers. The reformers were like, man, this thing needs to go in a hurricane fast if it's going to stick. This writing stands and we need to burn it. Uh, public works stand and we need to have them burned. It seemed so dangerous and wise to read those Those followers of Jesus, as a man named John Hoot, stepped forward for the Reformation. He believed that uh, unbiblical things like selling indulgences, this idea that if you would pay money, you could get into heaven as opposed to pay tithing, neither of which is biblical. Those are things that people would do anyway. Problem there for the cathedral building program of the Catholic Church to recognize this this beautiful cathedral that needs to live on. Uh, he proved himself prophetic when, before he burned at the stake, he declared, "You may kill a weak goose, but the sheep will be fed. But no powerful stake, even a fountain, will come up to do this." Almost exactly 100 years later. Martin Luther came out, used by the Lord to initiate changes that affect our neighborhood. Now, everything we preach on Martin Luther, the fact that we as a congregation would sing together what we just did, that came out of the Reformation. That was not just a side Reformation then is important because it starts that process. <laughs> it's challenging our preaching to understand that we live by what God says. And it trains us for faithfulness, not to manipulate the truth. So the truth will defend us. going to see our amazing Savior fulfill this beautiful promise. Read you Bible Hebrews chapter 10. Pick up at verse 19. I'm going to turn there. It is 16 something letters 
amazing place where you can do this as I read from the English Standard Version, the ESV. I like it, not because I think, oh, it's easiest to read, but because it's it's literal. And if you're reading from the ESV, or maybe your translation shows you this as well, our text is actually broken down in a very logical way. Verse 19, therefore, what context? Verse 21, since we have a great high priest. Verse 22, let us draw near. 23, let us hold fast. 24, let us be faithful. These are the things that you the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, we pause right there and say, hold it, because I want us to see these things all well clearly. And the basis of everything that has come up to this point in the book of Hebrews is based upon those most recently, what we've been reading about how Jesus is our high priest, the greatest priest who has accomplished the perfect sacrifice because of these truths, therefore, there's a corresponding response of
that the Lord had allowed me. I hope I can. I hope that's the way it goes. No. This is supposed to be a spiritual thing in the sense of believing that something most certainly will happen to you when you wait for it. That
understand that it's total bullshit. And worship as part of the same drawn near to Jesus alongside of his people. Father, we come to the end of our time. Time for Jesus Thank you.